Chapter thirty three of The Shadow of a Sin by Bertha M. Clay. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter thirty three. Sir Aubrey Dartell did not forget that interview. The beautiful face of the young governess haunted him. He went to the seashore in the hope of meeting her, but she was prudent and did not go thither. She knew Lady Dartell's wish that she should not meet any of her visitors, above all her son indeed when the young girl thought of all that might arise from even that interview she became frightened those words of veronica's were always present to her he cannot marry her because she has compromised herself she would not have adrian see her in this her fallen and altered state for the whole world more than ever she wished to hide herself under the mantle of obscurity he believed her dead and in her noble self-sacrificing love she said it was better it should be so suppose that sir aubrey should say something to lord shandon about her and he should ask to see her she must be prudent and not let sir aubrey see her again so the baronet walked disconsolately along the shore but the lovely face he had seen there once was not to be met again he determined that he would see her she evidently loved clara and clara loved her it was plain too that they spent all their time together consequently wherever clara went she would go he would propose to take the child over to broughton park under the pretext of showing her the beautiful swans there most certainly if the child went the governess would go he was absorbed in his plan walking one morning with lord shandon he was so long silent that his companion looked into his face with a smile what are you thinking about aubrey he asked i have never seen you so meditative before the baronet laughed in his gay, careless fashion. <laughs> I have never had the same cause, he said. I have seen a face that haunts me, and I cannot forget it. One of the peculiarities of Lord Shandon was that he never laughed after the fashion of many men, and never jested about affaires de coeur. There was no answering smile on his face, and he said kindly, There is no cure for that. I know what it is to be haunted through long days and longer nights by one fair face. My mother has such a lovely governess, said Sir Aubrey confidingly. I have never seen a face so beautiful. It seems to me that they keep her a close prisoner, and I am quite determined to see her again. Of what use will that be? inquired Lord Shandon. Her face haunts you now, you say. The chances are that if you see her again, it will trouble you still more. You cannot marry her. Why fall in love with her? I have not fallen in love with her yet, said Sir Aubrey. But I shall if I see much more of her. As for marrying her, I do not see why I should not. She is fair, graceful, and lovely. Still, perhaps, she is not the kind of lady you should marry. Let the little child's governess remain in peace, Aubrey. Straight ways are the best ways. You are a good fellow, returned the young baronet, easily touched by good advice. I should like to see you happier, Adrian. I shall live my life, said Lord Shandon, and his voice was full of pathos. Do my duty, and die like a Christian, I hope but my earthly happiness died when I lost my love. That was a sad affair, remarked Sir Aubrey. Yes, we will not discuss it. 
I only mention it to warn you as to admitting the love of any woman into your heart, for you can never drive it away again. That day, after the gentleman had entered the drawing-room, Sir Aubrey went up to Lady Dartell. She was both proud and fond of her handsome son, who as a rule could do pretty much as he liked with her. Mother, he said, why does not little Clara come down sometimes? She can come, my dear Aubrey, whenever you wish, was the smiling reply. And her governess? What has she done that she is never asked to play and sing? At the mention of the word governess, Lady Dartell became suspicious. He has seen her, she thought, and has found out how pretty she is. One of our arrangements, she said aloud, was that Clara's governess was not to be asked into the drawing-room when we have visitors. Why not? inquired the baronet carelessly. My dear boy, it would not be prudent, and it would displease your sisters very much, and perhaps interfere with their plans and wishes. Being a very pretty, nay, a most lovely girl, she is to be punished for her beauty, then, by being shut out of all society? How do you know she is beautiful? asked Lady Dartell. Do not speak too loudly. My dear, your sisters may hear you. I saw her the other morning on the shore, and I tell you honestly, mother, I think her the most beautiful girl I have ever seen, and she is as good as she is beautiful. How do you know that? asked Lady Dartell, a little anxiously. Because she told me quite frankly that you did not wish her to be in the way of visitors, and because she has kept out of my way ever since. She is a prudent girl, said Lady Dartell. Aubrey, my dear, I know how weak young men are in the matters of beauty. Do not try to get up a flirtation with her. Your sisters do not like her very much, and if there should be anything of what I have mentioned, I shall be obliged to send her away at once. Your own good sense will tell you that. My sisters are. What are they? returned Sir Aubrey indignantly. All women are jealous of each other, I suppose. Aubrey, said Lady Dartell, thinking it advisable to change the subject of conversation. Tell me. Whether you think either Veronica or Mildred has any chance of succeeding with Lord Shandon? Not the least in the world, I should say, he replied. I fancied when he came down that he would take a little consolation. Now I know there is not the least chance. Why not? inquired his mother. Because of his love for that brave girl, Miss Vaughan. He will never care for anyone else while he lives. Lady Dartell's face fell considerably. I thought he fancied her dead. She observed. So he does, and so she must be, or, with all the search that has been made for her, she would have been found. But, Aubrey, if she were living, and he did find her, do you really think that he would marry her? Indeed he would, mother. Were she alive, he would marry her to-morrow, if he could. After that terrible expose? cried Lady Dartell. There was nothing terrible in it, 
he opposed the worst thing the girl did was to half elope with one of the best partists in england if she had completed the elopement every one would have admired her and she would have been received at once amongst the spotless band of english matrons the very truth and sincerity with which the girl told her story ennobled her in the eyes of every sensible person well said lady dartell with a sigh if you really think my dear that there is no chance of his liking either of the girls i should not ask him to prolong his visit lady dartell hardly liked the hearty laughter with which her son received her words <laughs> i will remember mother he said will it console you to know that sir richard told me yesterday that he never saw such a perfectly shaped hand as mildred's did he mildred likes him i think it would be such a comfort to me aubrey if one or the other were married while there's life there's hope here comes major elton to remind me of my engagement to play a billiard match good night mother but after a few days the good-natured baronet returned to the charge and begged hard that clara might be allowed to go to broughton park to see the swans he thought as a matter of course that the governess would go with her but to make sure he added be good-natured for once mother and let the governess go i promise neither to speak to her nor to look at her but the next morning when the carriage came round and little clara flushed with excitement took her seat by lady dartell's side sir aubrey looked in vain for the lovely face and graceful figure he went to the side of the carriage mother he said in a low voice where is miss i do not even know her name the governess my dear aubrey replied lady dartell the governess is fortunately a very sensible young woman and when i mentioned the matter to her she positively and resolutely declined to come i quite approve of her resolution i have no doubt that she will greatly enjoy a day to herself they little dreamed what this day was to bring forth they were to lunch and dine at broughton park and then drive home in the evening veronica was in the highest spirits for lord shandon declining to ride had taken his seat in the carriage End of chapter 33